Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 11 of the podcast. Thank you for coming back. I'm your host, Ali, and I invite you all to sit and psych for a while. I want to take a moment and just thank everyone who's been listening over the past several months, especially those that are tuning in from different parts of the world. You are all great, and I appreciate every single one of you. As always, if there's anything that you would like me to address on the podcast, or if there's any topics that interest you, you can always email me or reach out to me via social media. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and make sure you're subscribed. That way you don't miss any important episode releases. In this episode, I want to talk about life stressors, adjustment disorders, and how we can work to counteract life stressors. So without further ado, have a seat and I hope you enjoy the show. Stress is not an uncommon part of life. As we progress through our life, we go through many changes. This change can be in our job, it can be in our relationships, it can be in our environments, in our roles, responsibilities, and that change is oftentimes unfamiliar to us. It's different and it's scary. Because we go from being comfortable in one part of our life to something different. So, for example, if you lose a job or you start to experience job difficulties, if you are experiencing relationship issues or marriage discourse, you see a change in the people around you or the environment around you, maybe you're moving to a new city or you're starting a different school, you're becoming a parent, so your responsibilities and priorities are shifting completely. As we see this shift in our life, and the dynamics start to change, if the necessary means of coping with that change are not in place, then stressors can start to have a negative impact on our lives. And when I say the necessary means to coping with change and stress, I mean that there are ways that you deal with stress on a day-to-day basis. There is a healthy support system in place that helps support you during these times. And overall, there is a healthy lifestyle that accommodates change in your life. In a lot of ways, we're like vacuum cleaners, and I'm talking about the old ones, not the new bagless ones, but when you think back to old vacuum cleaners, when you keep using the same bag for a long time and the bag starts to fill up, the vacuum isn't really doing as much work. And even more dangerously, if you keep going, the bag can actually end up exploding, and then you have a bigger mess than the one you started with. So in a lot of ways, we have to empty that bag. Otherwise, it just keeps filling up. And if it's too full, then we can't really hold more than we're meant to. Or we end up being so stressed out that it starts to have a very negative impact on our life or different parts of our life. And it ends up not being that one last piece of dirt or dust that we picked up, but It was an accumulation of dust and dirt that we picked up over time that wasn't being let out. So in a lot of ways, we have to have methods and techniques of relieving stress in our life, having outlets to let out that angst, to let out that tension 
That way it's not small things that keep accumulating and adding up that really push us over the top. So in an example where you've had a rough day at work or school and you go home and you've been pretty stressed out and you typically have the spoons and the forks in their corrective spots in a drawer, you go home and you open that drawer and you find that there's a spoon in the fork place and that really upsets you. Maybe you start yelling, maybe you overreact. Now, looking back at it, it wasn't really the spoon in the fork place that upset you. It was rather an accumulation of other things that had been stressing you out and upsetting you and have been adding up throughout the day that finally that one thing was what set you off. So in order for us to not let things like that happen, we have to have ways and measures of relieving our stress and tensions throughout the day, throughout the weeks. That way they're not coming to a head because we've been letting them build up for so long. And that's something that we will talk about a little bit more later in the episode. In this next portion of the episode, I wanted to talk about adjustment disorders and what they are. It's when we begin to notice that there are emotional or behavioral symptoms that start to develop after an identifiable stressor has taken place in our life. Now, these symptoms will typically start to happen within three months of the stressor taking place, but should start to dissipate no longer than six months after that stressor or the effects of the stressor have concluded. Now, depending on the relative severity of the stressor, the symptoms may be felt sooner or later within those initial three months, and they may start to go away sooner or later within that six-month period after the stressor has passed. The individual's ability to cope and have ways of dealing with the stressor in a healthy way plays a significant role in the duration of the symptoms, and the severity of the symptoms in an adjustment disorder is not typically proportionate to the severity of the stressor itself. So the symptoms that the individual is experiencing are not reflective of the severity of the stressor. However, similar to other mental health complications, adjustment disorders tend to cause an impairment in our social, occupational, personal, and other important areas of functioning. Adjustment disorders are common because, like I said earlier, stressors are a normal part of life and things happen that can have significant impact on our lives. There are different specifiers for adjustment disorders. The first one is depressed mood. So we will see the typical symptoms of depression occur. Most common symptoms include low mood, feelings of hopelessness, and tearfulness. Another specifier is anxiety. So we will see the typical symptoms of anxiety. Most common ones are nervousness, shakiness, jitteriness, or separation anxiety. Another specifier is mixed anxiety and depressed mood, and this one consists of a combination of both the symptoms of the depressed mood specifier and the anxiety. Another specifier is disturbance of conduct. So this is where you see the individual exhibiting problematic or risky behaviors, things that are typically outside of that individual's normal behavior. So you might see things like fighting, isolating, reckless driving, maybe they're skipping school, they're not going to work, they're not attending social functions or family events, or they're in some way violating the rights of others. 
Another specifier is mixed disturbance of emotions and conduct. So this would be a combination of all three, the anxiety, the depressed mood, and the disturbance of conduct. And lastly is adjustment disorder unspecified, which indicates that the maladaptive reaction the individual is having can't be specified using any of the other subtypes for the disorder. Adjustment disorders are often confused with major depressive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, personality disorders, because of the overlap and similarity in symptoms. And in a lot of ways, an adjustment disorder can evolve into those other disorders if it goes beyond the parameters of six months after the stressor has subsided. Now it's important to recognize that normal stress reactions and an adjustment disorder are not the same thing because of the main distinction of the proportion of the stress in relation to the symptoms that the individual is experiencing. So how do we go about coping with stressors? The biggest thing is not to discount your stressors or see them as relatively insignificant and just try to go on with life. Yes, like we said earlier, stress is a part of life, but the suffering itself is optional. There are things that you can do and people that can help you do it. So asking for help when you need to and not trying to keep everything in. We oftentimes try to focus on other people's needs more than our own. And the biggest thing is if we ourselves are not in a good place, then we can't be there for them. We can't help anyone else to the best of our ability. So assess your stress. Notice when you are getting stressed, what does that look like? Find out where it's coming from. Look at your schedule. Find out if there's any time to incorporate some relaxation into your schedule. Are there things that you're looking forward to, maybe short term or long term? And this could be anything like a good meal, an outing, a movie or a trip that you're looking forward to. Whatever makes you happy. Having something that you're excited for helps you get past really stressful times. And break the monotony of a fixed schedule. Next I'm going to talk about some distress tolerance skills. And we're going to utilize the acronym ACCEPTS. That's A-C-C-E-P-T-S. And the first A stands for activities. So these are things that you do that provide you with a sense of enjoyment, distraction, and accomplishment. Next up is contributions. And this could be doing anything from as little as cooking a meal for someone else, or opening a door, helping a friend move, doing some volunteer work. Again, this is overlapping with activities, but with a purpose of helping someone else out and feeling like you've accomplished something positive. Counting your blessings. I think this is a very important one because a lot of times we can get really bogged down in the negative things that happen in our day-to-day -day life and we tend to overlook positive things that we take for granted on a day-to-day -day basis. One of the biggest examples I always use is the car turning on in the morning. You know, every day you get in your car and you turn the key and the car turns on X amount of times a day, X amount of days a week, X amount of weeks a year. And the one day that the car doesn't turn on, suddenly that one positive thing in your life turns into a negative thing. 
because we've been so used to it, we take it for granted. You never hear of anyone calling you or you've never called anyone yourself telling them, hey, guess what, my car turned on this morning. You really end up usually calling someone for help when the car doesn't turn on. So when we have to look at things that we're grateful for, sometimes we have to look at things that we see every day but oftentimes don't notice how much our life would be different without them. The E stands for emotional opposites. This one means basically doing the opposite of what your negative emotion is telling you to do. So if you're sad, do something that makes you happy, laugh, or gives you some sort of joy. If you're feeling like you should isolate, then call someone, do something that makes you feel more social around people that you enjoy the company of. If you feel angry and want to react, maybe paying a person a compliment or waving hello as opposed to an angry gesture perhaps. The next one is called pushing away. Pushing away means taking a step back from a situation in which you feel like you've hit a wall. Maybe you're working on something and you feel like you've been so immersed into it that you've hit a wall and you can't really see a solution to it. Well, take a step back from it, take a break and revisit it later. Oftentimes we get so emotional that we fail to see the logic or fail to see something that may be right in front of us. This can also apply to conversations that turn into arguments because you or the other person have become so emotional that the conversation has turned into an argument and there's no resolution coming out of it. So taking a step back from this argument or this conversation and then revisiting it later on when we're both calm, cool, and collected, allowing us to be in a better place to come up with some kind of resolution. The T stands for thoughts, and this can be simply just looking at things from a different point of view. So going back to the example of someone doing something that angers you, for example, a driver cuts you off in traffic, and a lot of times we tend to internalize these things and say that this person cut me off in traffic and, and I think that has the connotation that that person meant to cut you off and it was personal and they knew you were in the car when in reality they may have not even noticed that they cut you off or there may be some sort of emergency that we're not aware of and also take into consideration that at some point you may have accidentally cut someone off yourself without noticing it so these things happen this can also include puzzles or doing things that allow you to think from a different point of view or help you change your way of thinking it is also referring to positive memories or positive thoughts that you can refer to that can bring you some sort of happiness or joy the last category of skills is sensations and this consists of doing things that shock the senses so, for example, taking a cold shower, holding an ice cube in your hand, biting into a lemon, eating something that's spicy, listening to loud music, doing things that while you're doing them, you're not really thinking of anything else, but you're mainly just focused on that sensation. Now, looking ahead into your schedule, if you know that something is coming up that is going to be stressful, well, cope ahead, plan ahead. Know what you can do at that time or before that time that can help you de-stress or help you in the moment when you are feeling stressed out. 
and always try to accrue positive memories. Remember the good times because we can easily get stuck in those negative memories and when we don't know what's good, we tend to always go to the bad. And if we always look for things that are bad, we're gonna find them. So lastly, looking at things through a positive filter. So if I wake up this morning and say today's gonna be a good day or something good's gonna happen, then I'm gonna be on the lookout for positive things to happen. As opposed to if I wake up in the morning and say today's gonna be a bad day, something bad's gonna happen today. And odds are something might happen that's bad, but at the same time, I'm gonna be looking for it. I'm gonna be expecting it. And in my mind, I'm gonna think, see, I knew that was gonna happen. So changing our point of view does have a huge impact on how we feel and how we internalize stress. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of the 11th episode. Thank you for coming by and thank you for listening. And as always, if you have any topics or questions you would like addressed in the podcast, please reach out to me via email or on social media. And again, make sure you're subscribed and following. That way you don't miss any important information and new episode releases. Thank you for coming by and I will see you next time.